I play, as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. This is episode 25 of season two and the director of scouting for TSN, also the vice president of scouting for Duckman's Domination, Craig Button, will be along very shortly. This is the show where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed and we do it here on the ultimate fantasy sports network ufsn is your one-stop fantasy sports shop if you have a sports show you would love to get on our network please hit us up ufsn at uffsports.com all right uh, we have three players that we will be discussing as usual on the program, three NFTs that will be making their way into the UFHL and the NHL in the next couple of years. The first player is Zachary Bolduke. He is uh, with the Ramuski Oceanic of the QMJHL. High-level scouting. My wife, Trish Fideko, and Craig Button is the president of scouting for that agency. Purchased this NFT for $50 in the initial scouting auction, and uh, he's been pretty good. 10 goals, 19 assists this year in just 27 games. He's been a goal scorer a lot of his uh, hockey career and now developing into a really good all-around player. Uh, Isaac Rosen rose uh, after the U18s. Uh, he's playing with Lexa and IF in the J20 National most of the time. Pipeline prospects picked him up for $70 in the initial uh, draft auction, or the uh, futures auction, rather, in uh, the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. Seven goals, five assists in 12 games this year. He had a really strong U18 tournament uh, that we will get to with Craig as well. And the final prospect slash NFT we will feature today is Benjamin Goudreau, goaltender who played with the Sarnia Sting in the Ontario Hockey League. Wise guys prospects uh, picked this guy up in a in a, a trade uh, or sale rather with another scouting agency. Easton's originally paid $30 and wise guys pays eight. 85 for him now so decent little profit for uh, Easton's but could be a huge profit if this guy goes uh, you know say 25th and Craig has him 32 right now on his rankings he was brilliant at the under 18 world championship uh, so that's what we have going for you on the show today and Craig joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline Check it out, uffsports.com. The new website is up. It's awesome. Uh, I will actually uh, try to bring it up here. It is the future of fantasy, uh, that's for sure. You can go to the hockey portal. You can uh, sign up as uh, a fan. You can check out some of the franchises that are for sale right now. Uh, So you become a scout. 
track the same players that Craig does, the ones we're talking about, and then make some money. So there was a scout-to-scout sale that just happened. Connor Bedard was the feature part of the prospect, uh, the package, over $7,000, over 7,200 score coins, uh, which is uh, almost uh, one U.S. dollar. So you can get in the game where you own the game and make some money at it as well. All right, let's get to him now. He is the man that myth the legend, Mr. Craig Button, on the other side of this intro. Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. He's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. All right, Craig, uh, the snow has fallen once again in Alberta. It's going to melt. And uh, listen, there's a lot of places uh, across the Prairie provinces could use this uh, moisture. And it is May long weekend. We always expect a little bit of moisture, whether it's uh, rain or snow at this time, don't we? Well, we l- let's put it this way. Uh, when it comes, don't be surprised, right? Like, it, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and you, you touch on it. I think it's a really important. Uh, comment you make about you know with uh with the farming communities right through alberta right through the prairies in western canada you know moisture is really necessary to have a good uh, harvest and Mm -hmm. you know the harvest is only going to happen in the fall but you know what uh what uh, precipitation and what moisture they get into the ground is going to determine how bountiful it is and so you know what we might we might bemoan a little bit of snow in may but Hey, when we look at the end at the end game, it's all good, right? Yeah, exactly. The wildfires that are going on in Saskatchewan and Manitoba could use it, and our ground is going to be just much greener, so it's a small price to pay. I never go camping on May long weekend anymore anyway because I know something is uh, is going to happen. I don't want to shovel out of my tent again. Um, okay, I want to... Two wanna things talk- I wanted to say. Mother yeah. Nature is undefeated, as yeah. is Father Time, okay? So, like, don't, like, don't mess with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll never win, never win. Um, I want to ask you about the U18. So because it's been such a strange, you know, in, in entire season of hockey with such limited viewings, do you think that put um, a lot more importance from the scouts' point of view on the U18s? Or do you think a lot of them are still trying to make not make too much out of one tournament? Well, so I, 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 I think you got to have a measure of both of those things. And you're going to have to weight it accordingly, Dean, because, you know, when you when you haven't had uh, as much opportunity to evaluate over time, remember, 13, 14 months with players in, in, in stop, start, pause, cancelization, cancellation, different levels of, uh, of play around the world. You know, that's what you're dealing with. So but it, so you go into the tournament, and you're going like, OK, this is a real real significant opportunity for us to evaluate these players in a best on best tournament, you know, for the purposes of gaining confidence of who you uh, are interested in selecting. Number two, and, and this goes, how much weight do you put on it? 
like you have to put an appropriate amount of weight based on whatever other information you have. So I wouldn't say you come out of that tournament and because you haven't had an opportunity for 13, 14 months to really watch these players, you look at what they do, you continue to evaluate, but you're going to have to use those evaluations in a significant way. The second part of it is, is that, you know, I don't think it's just about you played great, therefore you're good. You didn't play as well. You're not as good. It happens. It happens in normal times, Dean. I, I, I see it. Yeah, but did you see so-and-so? He wasn't very good. Or did you, geez, that guy was really good there. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. But it's it's trying to build that base of, 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 of what I call a really well-rounded evaluation. And a really well-rounded evaluation means that you've got this timeline where you've been able to watch and, and, and you know, try to consider where the progress is made and, and gain that confidence, right? So that, that makes it really important. And at the same time, you know, uh, you know, understanding, okay, he, he, he showed me more of that. Or the question I had was this, if, if you're just going to break it down to, oh, he didn't play good or he did play good. Therefore, you know, that's going to, that that's going to, you know, push your uh, consideration into a different place. I, I, I can only tell you, I, the mistakes have been made for years. They will continue to be made. And, but you got, you, you got to be, you got to be aware of that. You know, I was talking to uh, a chief scout at the U18 tournament and we had this discussion and then there ended up being a group of four of us talking about it. And, and you know what, I, I left there saying, and these are three different teams. Actually, it was two different teams and, and myself. So there was three of us there. So two different NHL teams with, with people that have significant input into the decision-making. And I left there saying to myself, I go, boy, are those two teams in good position. Or, or the, because they have good, smart people that understand that you know, there's a process to this and they're not, they're they're taking in the information as much as they can, but they're not putting all of that information into one basket. And Mm -hmm. to me, that that's the way I look at it. And I just left there going, those, those two organizations with these two guys, you know, and and real with significant voices, they're in good shape. Well, it's, you know, you look at what happens at a particular tournament. Let's use the U18s for an example. And then, you know, you look, is that a blip on the radar? Did this player play above it? Okay, he did. He played, you know, what we're expecting. Has has this been a pattern? Is this a one-off? Same if a guy really struggles. Is this a one-off or has this been a pattern in the last little while? However, it's harder to put that pattern together now because you're comparing notes for a lot of players to, to last year or, or, or before that. So it, it really does take... Uh, a very patient look at this as you build up towards the draft as opposed to just looking at the U18s. Now, how different is it when you're comparing a guy that maybe didn't play at all this year, so you're looking back to last year and then to just what you recently saw? Is that difficult to to get a gauge on that because there hasn't there's been that that gap of playing? Well, there's a gap of playing. Okay, and, and, and we understand that there's been a gap of playing. And you know, I, I can't think of any players per se that, that weren't that didn't have the opportunity uh, to have a body of work be evaluated, and I'm not just talking over the last 13 months, but at different times. So, so you you still look at it. So, a player, let's take an OHL player for an example, that that didn't get a chance to to play this year. So, but but you've seen him play in midget, and and you've seen him play as an underage. 
page. So you're still going to evaluate those attributes and those skills as, as you think they can project into NHL production and, 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 and playing. So you, what you don't have the benefit of with those players is to be able to really gauge how much they've improved to give you greater confidence that, okay, they're going to do it. It doesn't mean you don't have confidence in your abilities to assess. It doesn't mean that you don't have a body of work uh, to evaluate. It just means that this gap exists that doesn't give you the same level of confidence to see how much they have progressed or in some cases, okay, how much more they have to progress and mm. how they handle these situations. So these are all the considerations that have to go into it. But I don't think you can, I don't think you can dismiss a player because he hasn't had a competition in the last 13 months. Just like you can't put greater weighting on a player that went to a U18 tournament or had a stretch of two months where it was really good. You know, I, I'll give you an example. I've watched Corson Kuhlman for a long time, long time. Okay. Saw him play midget. Saw him come up and play for the Brooks Bandits uh, at the, uh, in, 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 as they won the Junior A Championship in Canada. Saw him play at the U17. Saw him play uh, with the Brooks Bandits <laughs> this year. He came to the U18, and, and I can tell you this right away. If I was going in to evaluate Corson Kuhlman, if that, right from game one, I could see very clearly that that Corson was in a stage of like trying to ramp back up, you know, trying to find his way, the pace and trying to, you know, get comfortable with it. So in that first game, he was very cautious and he, he was, he wasn't as assertive as I've seen him be. He, he didn't play the second game. Uh, he and Shane Wright, because of precautionary reason, Shane Wright missed another game. But when Corson came back for that third game, it was almost like, Hey, Listen, I'm comfortable now. I got some practices under my belt. I got a little bit better understanding of the tournament, and and then he and then away he went, and he got better and better as the tournament went on. But I've seen Corson for a long period of time, and you know, you look at that first game, and and you just say, okay, let's let's see where this goes. Well, I saw where it went, and even even if he didn't get up back to the level that I thought he could get to. I'd seen too many, too much of him, and I was going to be a lot, lot more forgiving of of a of a time of a of a gap in time where he could have really significant opportunity to play and show that progress. But I think that you're going to have players that you have more of, players you have less of. But it, it's taking all of it in to make an event and not being too quick, or and, and certainly not being. Uh, in a place where you put too much weighting on on one thing or another. That's why I call it, it's got to be a complete scouting uh, process to give you greater confidence in who you're looking to select. Uh, that's why, and that's why uh, scouts in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, you can't just drop in for the U18s and start looking at players. Oh. You've got to be watching them all year long. And this is one guy we're going to talk about today, Zachary Bolduke of Ramuski of the QMJHL. Uh, and uh, this NFT was uh, bid and won by your boss at High Level Scouting. Trish uh, won this NFT for $50. Uh, and, and you know, I, I'm liking this uh, purchase and this bid auction of this NFT more and more as uh, we ramp towards the draft. Uh, tell me one skill set you really love with Zachary Bolduke. 
Well, so, so you're asking me to just pick one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just one. I, I, th I think he has uh, the, the, the outstanding ability to, 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 to play the game in, in, in its moments. Like an opening occurs, he's there. Uh, the opportunity to make a quick play and, and get it to get it to a player that's in a better scoring position, it's there. You, you know, the game at, at the NHL level happens so fast. And if you do not have a really good, quick, lightning quick processor to, to pick up everything and understand how you can take advantage of, of, of whatever's presented to you, you're going to have a tough time being really successful at the uh, NHL level. I had the opportunity to watch Zachary, you know, last year playing Ramuski. And, you know, so obviously there, you know, Alexi Lafreniere's there. You're watching some different players. But what I will say is this, Zachary showed that capability. I saw him, I saw him as a 60-year-old. He, he started in the USHL before he mm. went up to uh, Ramuski. And, you know, when I saw him in the USHL, you could see the qualities. I, I'd also had the benefit of having seen him play in the U-17 camp that summer. So I'm going in watching, and and you know it's that it's it's what the what I, the Claude Durrell, who was such a instrumental part of the Montreal Canadiens' success for years, did so many things so well for them. You talk about a Swiss Army knife, Claude Durrell was that. But and I remember him telling me, he said, Craig, just watch the game, watch the game over as the games unfold, and you watch more. You're going to see patterns. You're going to see patterns of the good players have the puck a lot more than the other players. You're going to see mistakes being made by by players, and 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 it's going to be an indicator that that's going to be a struggle at the higher level. Because if they're struggling here, why do you think it's they're not going to struggle at the next level? So as I go to the U17, some players I've seen play midgets, some I haven't. But when you watch all these players in the same setting, and then you just go, who is that? Oh, that's Bulldog. Oh, who's, oh mm -hmm. that's Bulldog. Oh, that's Bulldog. Oh, there's Bulldog again. By the time you get to game two or game three or get carry on, right? Yeah, that's Bulldog. Yeah, there's Bulldog, right? There's there's Coolamans, there's Brant Clark, there's Othman, right? You, 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 like th that saying about the cream rising to the top, it does. <laughs> It really does. <laughs> and so Zachary has got that lightning quick processor that to me, you know, will allow him to be a, a, a real top line player in the National Hockey League. He seems to be able to, uh, I don't know if he's been a trigger man all, all of his life, but he seems to be able to score a lot of goals. Um, and, and obviously probably has the uh, the all-around game to go with it, but uh, heavy on the goal side. Is there a player you see in him when you watch Zachary Bolduke? Well, I don't know. You put up the stats here. He had ten goals and nineteen assists. I this year, yeah, this was the this was the first time the switch happened. Okay, but I'll tell you what. Okay, so I I, I think that that speaks volumes about Zachary Bolduck because mm -hmm. I think that like you know if you're just a goal scorer and then all of a sudden now what do you, teams are going to do exactly what we all okay we're going to take away the goal scoring. Well, now Zachary Bolduck is smart enough and good enough where he says okay you want to take away my goal scoring. I'm, I'm going to make plays. <laughs> I'm going to. So, so now you create this what I call multifaceted threat. And when you and when you're a multifaceted, threat, you don't have to wait for the puck. Uh, 
to score or to be effective. You can have the puck. You can give up the puck. You know you're going to get the puck back. That's what I mean when I say he, he recognizes where there might be a better opportunity and he can get the puck there. He also recognizes where to go next to get a better opportunity where he can score. I think he's a, a really, really well-balanced player. And if you want to play him off as just a playmaker or just a goal scorer, he's going to beat you in the other area. You got to play good players straight up, and you got to play them smartly because they got too many, uh, too many weapons in their arsenal. Yeah, and he seems to have developed, a, you know, that that other side of his game since the the the, the past season in that area, in those areas. Smart players develop. Smart players expand their game. Did I ever tell you the story about Zachary Bolduc? No. He's playing for the USHL. And it's the USHL Fall Classic. He's decided that uh, he was a high pick by Ramuski in the uh, in the uh, Quebec League draft. So he is uh, in Pittsburgh playing with uh, Sioux Falls uh, Stampede. I believe, yeah, it was Sioux Falls. And uh, he's going to play in the USHL. But the, the Fall Classic's in Pittsburgh. And it's a it's a great tournament. The Fall Classic, it's, it's two games every team plays at the beginning of the year. So, you know, you're down there watching the USHL players. It was the same weekend that Sidney Crosby was having his sweater retired up in Ramuski. So mm. it's training camp. They find a time. Sidney flies up to uh, Ramuski. They celebrate, right? So, uh, so Ramuski, who had drafted Zachary Bolduc, asked Sidney, would, would you mind talking to, to Zachary and maybe just trying to tell him what you benefited from the Quebec League? I mean, Sidney's not going to go in and say you should go here. But right. they share the same agent, too, Pat Brisson. So... Pat, you know, so Zachary is now playing there, and uh, he gets a, a note, or Pat says, Sidney Crosby wants to talk to you. And he goes, oh, yeah, come on, like, seriously. He goes, no, no, <laughs> Pat. He goes, like, you know, he wants to talk to you. So, you know, he, he introduces him early. Sidney goes up. Now he comes back, and now, you know, Zach goes in to meet with – he goes, are you thinking about Ramuski? He goes, well, I have. And so him and Sidney talked about the Ramuski Oceanic. And Sidney talked about his experience up there. And he says, and I've always said to young players, make sure you know what each option can afford you and where mm-hmm. you feel the most comfortable. And, and you know, Zach wasn't, I mean, he was leaving the option open by, by going to the USHL and potentially considering uh, uh, college. But he, he, he was also looking at, uh, at, at the junior option. Anyway, after talking, and Pat Brisson is unbelievable in terms of laying it out. Anyway, after that, you know, Zach thought more and more about it and ended up committing to the Ramusi Oceanic and played with Lafreniere. But, uh, you know, Sidney Crosby has a lot of assists in his career. Mm-hmm. This is another one. Yeah, uh, that is uh, totally awesome. And you would, uh, as you would think, uh, Sydney wouldn't be pushing it, but just uh, giving his no. experience. So that's that's absolutely beautiful. And that's all, all right. Ramuski asked him to do, yeah. just tell him what it was like, right? And like, you know, but but think about this. You're Zachary Bolduc, you know, you've been drafted by Ramuski. He knows Lafreniere's there. He knows the history of, of Crosby. You share the same agent. And now... Sidney Crosby would like to, I, I want you to introduce you to Sidney Crosby. Now Sidney mm-hmm. wants to meet with you. Can you imagine the kids like, I can't, like 16 year old kid going, this is, like, am I pinching myself? Is this real? Yeah. But like I said, like, you know, just to be able to uh, share some of the things that you thought worked for you and then ha- help a player have as much information to make a decision that he thinks can work for him. Phenomenal. 
Indeed. All right, let's talk about Isaac Rosen, uh, forward with Lexand IF in the J20 National. That's where he played most of the games uh, this year. And Pipeline Prospects uh, snagged this NFT for $70. In the uh, J20 League, he had seven goals, five assists in 12 games this year. And, you know, this is one of the guys that had some pretty good buzz coming out of the uh, the U18s as well. Um, and so, as we talked about, you have to take everything and, and make a, some care, pe- comparisons uh, to what the player has been in the past, to what he is now. Did any of your opinions about him change after the U18s? Um, how much did he impress you? What, what, what were your thoughts? Well, from the very first time I saw Isaac play at the U17, he was impressive. Lightning quick release. And, you know, it's, you know, Dean, a lot of times you see players and you go, oh, what a release they have. But it, 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 it's his ability to get to the spot, and then when the puck comes, it's off his stick. Again, I talk about the NHL. You got to be lightning quick. You, there's no time to, you know, kind of, you know, be be lagging into a play. You got to get there quick, and you got to take advantage quick. Isaac Rosen does both those things. He has an NHL release. He's hmm. got an excellent shot. He's got an accurate shot, and he not only gets it off his stick quickly. It's done. Uh, he gets to those spots, and he gets to those spots at the right time to get the puck and to get it off his stick. And he, he can beat a goaltender with that shot. And when you look at goal scoring and you look at how the game is played in the offensive zone now, and, you know, it's not just like grind it in the corner, get to the net, you know, open up, get the pass and off your stick and create a chance. That's what Isaac Rosen does. You know, he, 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 he's got quickness in his feet. He's got quickness in his hands and he's got the quickness in his mind to be able to take advantage of a very, very good skill set. Uh, I like that, and uh, there'll be people that are uh, excited to hear that in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League as well. Um, and when we look at these players, you know, anybody that you're considering in the first round is a highly, highly skilled player. Uh, some of them are more skilled than others, and that's why they're, they're top five picks. Uh, so by no means am I saying he struggles, but is there something in his game that you think he can improve on that's going to make teams say, how did they get that guy at, at that position? But then he improved his skill set so much where you improved it. He does a lot of things well. What is something that you think could make him even better? Well, he, he, here's where I think with Isaac, and I think you really make a, a great point, Dean, with respect to, you know, when we look ahead in four years' time, what, what, what makes you say, geez, how did they get this guy here? I, I think like with the Scandinavian countries and the players from Sweden, the Nordic countries, players from Finland and other places, you know, their, their, their physical maturation is going to be longer. Uh, you know, if you go in and, you know, I've, I've told young players this forever and a day. If you're not physically strong and you're not physically mature, why do you want to go in and try to take on players that are stronger than you? You don't have a chance to win. You don't have a chance to be successful. So I've always tried to tell them, go in and play to your strengths. If you've got quick hands and quick feet, get it on the puck. Get like Use your quick hands to get the puck and get the hell out of there, right? Don't go in and think you got to run over a bigger player and try to maul a bigger player and try to get engaged. You know, it's not a wrestling match. It's about how do you play, how do you use your skills? But... And what I tell young players is, if you go, like, here's here's your pro, here's the problem that happens, and I see this all the time in scouting. You'll watch a younger player, 
who's not physically mature, not strong enough. And they go, if he does go on, go in and take those, take on those bigger, oh, look, he's not very strong. Hmm. No kidding. He's not very strong. He's 17 years old. And then uh, if they try to just get in there and try to use their skills to get, oh, look at him. He's not very tough. No, it's not understanding where the player is at in his mature, in, 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 in the maturation process. And, you know, Isaac Rosen is going to get physically stronger. He's going to get uh, more confident as he gets physically stronger because he's going to be able to handle more things. You're projecting to the NHL. He skates well. He's agile. He's fast. He's got the great release. He can handle the puck. He can kill penalties. He can think. I know where he's at physical maturity wise. Dean, one day I will show you my scouting book on Henrik Zetterberg. Mm. I will show you my scouting book on Henrik Zetterberg. And let me tell you this. Everybody watched Henrik Zetterberg. People all watched Henrik Zetterberg and were impressed by Henrik Zetterberg. You know what turned off everybody about Henrik Zetterberg? What's that? He, he wasn't very big. <laughs> and he wasn't very strong. And, and let me tell you this too. The Detroit Red Wings were no different. Henrik Zetterberg was going to get drafted. It just was going to depend what's going to be in the eighth round, the ninth round, or the tenth round. Right. <laughs> but you, everybody went to the same games and saw how good Henrik Zetterberg was. Everybody. But you, 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 you didn't dismiss him. You pushed him down the list. And you, and, and you put him in, into an area where you said, okay, we're only going to consider him here because of the size. That's a big mistake. Yep. That's a big, it's, it, it's one of the things I learned that if I'm going to, whatever you want to call the, a certain point in the draft, wherever you're comfortable with, the hardest thing to find is skill. And if I can find skill deeper in the draft, and that might be the third round or the fifth round, I, I'm not going to, it all different for everybody. I'm betting on skill. I can find players that can be bottom pair defensemen and players that can be fourth line energy players. I can't find skill. And Henrik Zetterberg was a great teacher for me. That is such a great point. And uh, that's why we have Craig on the show. And he joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline. Scouting is a huge part of the platform. It is the lifeblood of franchises in the UFHL because not just prospects, but free agents go through scouts. And scout-to-scout deals are happening. The other day, a package for Connor Bernard brought in uh, a price of uh, over 7,000 SEO, which is just about 7,000 US dollars. So this is getting insane. Franchise is going for 51,000 US and it's only the beginning. Soon we will have a six-figure sale at some point. So get in the game where you own the game right now uh, at the beginning and get in on the ground floor. Check it out. Fantasy Hockey on the Blockchain, www.uffsports.com. It is the future of fantasy, and it is here now. All right, well, this time of the year, we're watching exciting playoff hockey, Craig, but uh, there's unfortunately teams that are not in it. That goes with the NHL, that goes with the UFHL. So this is kind of their buildup to, to uh, you know, when you're a non-playoff team, the draft is kind of your biggest excitement. So the momentum now, the Memorial Cup would be starting this week and if we were normally having uh, if it was a normal year so what's this like for uh, scouting staff right now as you're kind of pouring over your your reports and and i guess formalizing your final reports as you, you'd get set ready to make your pick what is this time like for teams well this is the time where you're really trying to you know dot your i's and cross your t's you're trying to you know 
you know, background work. You know, what do we need to know more about a player? What do we want to know more about a player? You know, one of the things with the pandemic is is that the ability to go and spend time with, with players and their parents mm. and, you know, to, to get in and, and, and do those things that, that are really important, uh, you know, in terms of uh, gaining that confidence in who you want to select. Uh, you know, the, you're going to do the Zoom calls. Everybody's doing the Zoom calls and trying to ensure that they're having that uh, contact, you know, face to face, even though it is physically distanced. And, you know, the combine would be coming up too right after the Memorial Cup. You know, I, I know there's plans to uh, have a combine uh, like uh, scenario where the strength and conditioning coaches, the physiologists, the scouts can get in and see these players. They didn't have that opportunity last year. So, so it's preparing for a lot of that. You're also, once the, once the draft lottery happens at the beginning of June, then you get a real good sense of where you're picking. Mm. Also on June 2nd, there'll be, there'll be eight more teams out of the playoffs. There might even be more. So all of a sudden, 16 becomes 24, and everybody's in the same mold. And you're you're and, and not that the playoff teams aren't. It's just that this is where the non-playoff teams are. And you know, there's always you know the American Hockey League or minor leagues. I mean, that's that's been disrupted as well. So you're watching younger players, but there is an excitement around the draft because uh, the draft is about the future. And when uh, you know you 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 haven't had the success that you've wanted to, you know, you're looking to players to come in and make that difference. And you're looking for, and, and you want to be excited about those players. And and that's what this time of the year affords you. And a team picking, let's say 15, like they, they kind of can look at a group of players and no question about it, Dean, they're looking at maybe five players and they're, they're hoping for three of them. And they know they're going to have a shot at uh, maybe they're looking at, hopefully getting three of them, but they know they're going to get at least two of them. Mm -hmm. And now, now you're trying to go through the process of like, okay, between this guy and this guy, okay, between this guy and this guy. Okay. We're really clear on this guy. We would take him if we, if he's there. Yeah. Okay. So, and then, and then you try to build your list with, with the strengths in it. That's a certainty. Yep. He's there. We're taking him. Yep. 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 And then you, or you get there. But then you get to that grouping and, and you kind of go, okay, if these three guys are there, who do we like one, two, three? Because you've heard me say this. If it was as easy as just saying, take the next mm -hmm. best player, like, trust me, it would be, it, it doesn't work like that. It never has and it never will. And it's not about like, oh, there we go, 14th guy. We're the, that's the guy we take. And the team picking next, oh, that's the 15th guy. Uh-uh, never never ever happens like that you're considering a group of players that are different uh positions potentially different types of players in, in in a lot of cases and you're trying to you know go through the exercise of saying this guy or that guy that guy or this guy what does this guy offer to our team do we have any other players in our organization like this it's not just the draft it's also timelines it, like, what's the timeline for development? Okay, we, we have this player. Does, does that mean that this player is going to fall a little bit behind in terms of our prospect rating within our organization? There's so much that goes into the draft. It's not just about evaluating players, going through your scouting reports and ranking them. When you add a player into your organization, players into your organization through the draft, it's also creating other uh, other other aspects of your organization. 
you know, slotting. Okay, this player now moves ahead of that player and all the things that go with it. Yeah, there's so much still to do as you uh, gear towards oh. the draft. And, uh, you know, when as we look at the uh, the third player we're talking about, uh, it's the, uh, the third goalie uh, that is getting consideration for the first round. And he was really good at the U18s for Canada, played for Sarnia in the OHL. And uh, this NFT was purchased by Wise Guys Prospects for $85. He was actually originally purchased by Easton Scouting for $30 in the future auction and then a scout-to-scout sale. So uh, they are hoping for good things, and uh, man, really, really strong at the, at the World Juniors. Uh, you know, high level scouting. Um, you know, we also have the other player, uh, the other goaltender that that Canada had in in uh, this tournament. Uh, but uh, Benjamin, man, he was so solid, uh, perfect record, uh, and, and in a tournament where the team in front of him was so good, some games he didn't get a lot of action. He was really good. He's he's no shortage of getting action in Sarnia where he's played because he faces a lot of rubber. And and sometimes, Craig, that's a good thing to be on a team that's not that great for a goaltender. They're able to stand out facing a lot more shots. But, you know, what, what do you think of his first season in the OHL with Sarnia? Okay, so I'm going to go back. So this is, he, this, this is like the ideal player to talk about what we've gone through when I say we, what, what, what the scouting group in the NHL, what myself, what, we, what, what you go through. I saw Benjamin play midget hockey. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so number one, I have the benefit of having him watch a midget. You, you knew he was a, a promising prospect going into the OHL draft. And, and you watch him and you go, yeah, he, he moves really well. Because, you know, when, when a player's 15, it's not, and, and this, I think this is important to point out too. Is that you're not doing, you're more looking at a player and, and really looking at that skill level. And you're looking at, boy, he, he moves well. And boy, does he explosive. And boy, can he handle, uh, you know, the challenges of, 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 of traffic around the net. I'm talking specifically about goaltenders now, right? And you, and you can see how quick they are and on all the different skills. So, so, so you watch that. Then he comes to the U17 camp. And you watch him again there, the competition's higher. The level of play is higher now. And you watch him again. And, you know, one of the benefits I get is is to watch him and all the other goaltenders work on drills. They're, they're working with the, with, the, with the goaltenders, the goaltending instructors that are at the hockey at the U-17 camp because they're working with the goaltenders. And, and you watch how they grasp different things and you watch how they work at things. Then you get the benefit of watching them in the games. At the, at the U-17 and how they're applying. And th- this becomes just a big, uh, like a, just a continuous uh, uh, stage of, of watching them. Then, then he starts in the OHL. Then he goes to the U-17 tournament. Well, now it's even a higher level. The pyramid's a little bit steeper. And you watch him there. And you, and you see all the qualities that he has. Now you're trying to see the instruction, how he's taking in the instruction, how he's applying it. And yes, in Sardia, you know, he's a 16-year-old goaltender. And yeah, you're going to benefit from playing more. But you see all the things and you see the things. Okay, here's what he's really good at. Goaltending is going to be a, a, a lot more technical in my view in terms of uh, what you need to grow in. So now you, you start to see a goaltender he reads the play well. He's athletic. Here's what's developmental. You know, sometimes, you know, less is more. Then he doesn't play for 13 months. He doesn't play. You don't get to see him play. But now you go into the tournament. 
and having the benefit of watching him play uh, the, uh, quite a bit is now you start to go back and you look at those notes and you say, okay, here's where he's at. You know he hasn't played for 13 months. And now you watch the game. And now you're saying, geez, he's developed there. Real progress in that area. And the, it, it continues and it continues and it continues. And by the time you get to the end of the tournament, he, he played exceptionally well. But for me, when I'm watching Benjamin Goudreau, I've also seen a significant uh, pro, significant progress in his development. The areas that I thought he needed to develop, I saw all of that. I saw it significantly. And you're not trying to put a young goaltender into the league next year or even the year after, or maybe even the year after. What you're watching for, he has these skills and he has these attributes and they're really good. And they really scream NHL number one goalie. And now, you, you see him just building on it and, and becoming that much more proficient in, in, in being a goaltender. That's what gives you confidence. And that's why I feel for me, you, you know, he's in my top 32 players. And, you know, and whether he's 27 or 31 or ends up 22 when it's all said done, I don't know where it'll all end up. I see a number one goalie in the NHL. I just like that there's three goalies in your top 32. Finally, like at some point, Craig, I'd like to see all 32 goalies in your top 32, but we'll work on and we'll we'll settle for three right now. <laughs> oh, oh, you goaltenders! You you get I, I I say this all the time. The goaltenders get all the attention, good uh, and bad. Yeah. The spotlight's always on the goaltender, you know, because of the nature of the position, right? And then you know you you, you can't you always have to love a goaltender. Like there's no in between. You just always have to, you either feel bad for him or, oh, look at how great he is, right? Like, you know, the bottom line is you goaltenders, you get the attention, you get the spotlight, you get the love. Oh boy. Yeah, it's all in I there. Guess it'll never change. It's just, that's right. It's like, it's, it's like your favorite, it's like, it's like your favorite stuffed animal as a kid. Winnie the Pooh. That would be it for me. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> there you go. Um, awesome stuff. And I also want to say uh, we, we made it official. Uh, I'm sharing you with uh, Trish now. You're the president of Scouting for High Level and vice president of Scouting <laughs> for Duckman's Domination. And and I know we've had tremendous success. Uh, you know, we're going to work hard in this uh, offseason along with our assistant GM, George Batchel, of the uh, Mighty Mallards of the AHL. We're going to compile a list. we got a lot of picks to take, so uh, we got a lot of work to do, just like the offseason franchises in the NHL as we prepare for the draft and next year hopefully we're in the Klein Cup playoffs and not on the outside looking in that's the goal anyway well well, that's what it is in your building right and you know you're trying to build not you know you have to build with players right you have to have good players at key position but then you're trying to sync it all up you're trying to mm-hmm. have it sync so when those players are ready the older players need a little bit more help the younger players are ready to help more uh, and and you put it all in, in into an equation and you know that's where you end up having success and dean i told you this with you and trish i i love being part of it uh, uh i know i'm not always going to be right but you're going to get my thoughts and i i, I think that uh uh you know, in the work that I do, it's I'm not uh, somebody that doesn't have the background with respect to watching the players. Like I said, I know I'm not always going to be right, but uh, I feel confident in what I'm uh, in what I'm uh, recommending. And you know what? When when it doesn't uh, come out exactly the way I thought, we'll we'll, we'll move on. We'll move. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll recognize. Okay, what do we what do we got to do to not make the uh, same mistake next time? 
And and sometimes it's not even a mistake. It's just, hey, it, it happens. But mm-hmm. you know what? That's part of scouting too. Scouting is not static in terms of watching players and also in terms of what you're learning as you scout. Indeed. Uh, thank you so much, Craig. Have a great May long weekend. I will. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we gotta win it. UFFS, you own the game. So much fun talking with Craig, and uh, there will be time where we'll have a lot more stories. What a great story about Zachary Bolduke and Sidney Crosby coming in to give his opinion. And, you know, if if you've researched Sidney Crosby, there's never been anything bad ever done, really, by Sidney Crosby. Like, name one black mark on his resume. It's just not there. Uh, And as you would imagine, he would go in and say, these are the things I had fun with, but make your own decision. There's lots of great ways to get to where you want to go. So we're going to have more stories with Craig. Uh, We call it story time and scouting tips and Craig's counsel. We'll do that uh, at the end of this season. So probably a couple of weeks after the draft, uh, the week after we'll recap the draft and then we'll do story times and scouting tips. So you can ask about uh, players and different things that Craig has experienced. You can also ask him some questions about specific scouting. And that's what we try to do a little bit of a blend on this show. Really helpful for those in the UFHL scouting department. Although there's some pretty brilliant minds in that uh, scouting the uh, community already but everybody can use a little bit of help on you know what to look for or you know just a different eye on things like that so if you have a question email me track in the draft at gmail.com and we will uh, add it to the list of topics that uh, have already rolled in uh, for some of those we still have uh, from the uh, second last show uh, that we did uh, a little while ago. All right. As mentioned, this is uh, part of the UFSN, the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Here is our schedule right now. It's uh, small but building. Uh, we have the UFFS podcast every second Sunday, Two Minute Tuesday with uh, Darren Bates. This show comes out, of course, on uh, Wednesdays. Full Count Fantasy Baseball, new show with myself and Jordan Blundell. Thursday mornings, it's live on UFSN at 10 a.m. Mountain, noon Eastern, uh, an hour before the games get going in MLB. And, of course, UFHL now on Friday wrapping up the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. They're in the Klein Cup playoffs right now, head-to-head series now. So it's really, really uh, quite interesting and uh, certainly uh, a lot of fun. So you can check it out. Uh, there is our uh, YouTube channel right now, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. A lot of really good fun stuff there. And if you want to check out other shows or past episodes of this show, check out podcastalley.ca. Uh, we've got all the current shows that we have going, as well as any past episodes that we may have as well. So that's going to wrap things up for this week. Big thanks to Craig Button for his uh, time, his passion, and his knowledge. And, of course, thanks to you for listening and watching. We really, really appreciate it. Great things are coming, not with just the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, but with UFFS in uh, general. I cannot wait to tell you all about it as we ramp up uh, towards the 2021 NHL Draft. 
Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. This is the program where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed. For Craig Button, the Director of Scouting for TSN and the Vice President of Scouting for Duckman's Domination, I'm Dean Millard. Enjoy your May long weekend. I only wish we had the Memorial Cup to watch.